This is a season that is interesting because it's so repetitious. It's so the same year after year after year, not in our lives. Things change, traditions change, people change. But one thing never changes, it's the, the story of Christmas. It's the reason we celebrate this season. This one thing never changes. We come together and we focus on a birth story. A unique, singular birth story in all of history that there has never been anything before like it and never again since. And that's where we get the Christmas song, What Child Is This From? It draws our attention to this one event in history that we focus on at Christmas. The birth of Christ. The birth of Jesus. And so the the song, What Child Is This?, asks this question. What child is this who is laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? What child is this? What makes him so unique? Why such celebration? Why such repetition? Why have we made traditions flowing from and even completely unrelated to Jesus, but still, it's Christmas, it's Christ Mass. What child is this? It's Mary's child. The song tells us that he's sleeping on Mary's lap. Well, long before this child came, This child, Jesus, he was long anticipated. Isaiah, speaking 400 years prior to the birth of Jesus, speaks of this time that will come. He says this in Isaiah chapter 9. For to us, a child is born. Even that statement is interesting. Because the statement is to all the people, including us who read it, for to us. A child is born, not just to Mary, not to Mary and Joseph, not to his community, but to us. He's for us. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This child to be born. What child is this? Isaiah anticipated this child, this son. Who would have the government rest upon his soldiers, but not just one locale. And not just a throne or a reign that would last a time. But instead, one that would be everlasting and never taken away. Where he would rule supreme forever. That's why in in the account of the Christmas story, we often will read the part about where um, the Magi come. And they talk to Herod, the local king. They say, we've heard a king has been born. Now, he feels threatened because he knows that he doesn't want to give up his throne. And this makes no sense. And so he inquires of people who know the scriptures and they say, yeah, there's a king who's to be born. And he's to be born, as Dylan read, in Bethlehem. And here here it was. What child is this? Who's with Mary? 
The government shall be on his shoulders. He shall have this rule and this reign. But interestingly, in that prophecy, that um, anticipation of this child coming, it says that his name shall be called, and it never once says Jesus. But it instead describes his character, his person, his role, who he is. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. What child is this? All those things and more. He's wonderful. He counsels. He's, he is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. That's why that song, What Child is This, continues on. It says, What child is this who's laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping. And that comes from obviously Luke chapter 2 where the angel appears to these shepherds who are keeping watch over their flock. And the angel declares, for unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest. So in the song, What Child Is This? It says the angels greet with anthems sweet and the sweet anthem was glory to God. Glory to God and peace between God and man. This man who is rebellious, this man who is living for himself, there will be peace because of this child. Glory to God. Bow down before him. The next verse of that song is interesting. It's good questions to ask. Why lies he in such mean estate? Like, why is he so low? Why was he born into a poor family? Why is he now laying in a stable? The next line is the one that makes children grin and even grown adults grin, where ox and ass are feeding. He's in the trough. Why is he in such a low, belittled estate? If this is the child who is to be the mighty God, why is he where the animals eat? Why is he poor? Why is he not something important? Because then you one day could have said, he doesn't understand. He was raised in a family of wealth. He doesn't understand me. He was raised with power in his family and prestige and popularity. He doesn't get me. You can never say that. He was born and he was born in a stable, laid in a place where the animals fed. So the next line says, because of that, tells us to respond. This hymn says, Good Christian, fear. Not be afraid, but revere. Stand in awe and wonder. Because for sinners here, the silent word is pleading. The silent word, John chapter 1 says, the word describing God became flesh and dwelt among us. So this hymn says, the silent word. He was Silent, but he was the word, and he was pleading, and he was speaking 
so boldly, even if he was silent. The silent word is pleading. What is the silent word pleading? What is this child, this baby, who cannot speak words yet? What is he pleading? Well, the hymn tells us, it says, fear, tremble, revere, listen. Because we are sinners here, and this word, this silent word, the baby, is pleading for sinners. Pleading for sinners to fear, to revere, to be in awe and worship at who he is, at the miracle of his coming, at the fact that God has come at all. This silent word is pleading with us sinners who have offended God and now God has come. Tells us to fear, to revere, to stand in awe. This silent word is pleading. Sinners, you, me, all who are guilty, it says just tremble before him. Wonder at why he would even come for you and live in your place as righteous and die in your place for all of your sins. O sinners, hear the silent word is pleading. He's pleading. The third verse of this hymn says, So bring him incense, golden myrrh, obviously referring to the magi who brought him gifts. The next line says, Come, peasant king. So whether you are a peasant, the lowly of the lowly, you have nothing to bring, or whether you are the king, most royal, come to him. And the line says, Come, peasant king, to own him, to to take him as your own. To not just say, well, that's a nice story at a distance. Or that's good for someone else. You, you can have your Jesus. It says no matter where you are, whether you are a peasant or you are the highest, you need to take him as your own. You need to take him as your own because all peasants, kings, and everyone in between are sinners who offended this God who has now come. So take him as your own. Take him as one who has come for you, who has loved you, who is cherishing you, own him, relate to him, call him your own, my God and my Savior. The next line says, the king of kings, salvation brings. The king. He doesn't bring gold. He doesn't bring political power. He brings salvation. The king who is to rule, who is to have our allegiance, who is to lead his people at the forefront, he brings salvation. He brings a rescue plan for you and me, sinners who are broken and far from God. The king comes to say, this is the way. This is salvation. I am here. This is the king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Hearts enthrone him, not palaces, not statues, where, where is he to be enthroned? In a certain government? No. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Our hearts, as 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. He's pleading with you to fear him, to tremble before him. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord. So this song doesn't just leave us at a child. What child is this? It doesn't just let us continue to meditate year after year on a, on a baby. But instead, the course brings us to the pinnacle. This, this is Christ the King. This, this baby, 
This is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. So haste, haste, and bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. This one is Christ. Don't forget who he becomes. Don't just imagine that he is a baby. We celebrate the incarnation, the coming of God in the flesh because of how wonderful it is. That's not where we finish. We don't finish there. We, we consider all the way to Easter. Where Christ, who had come, not just to live a, a cute little story that we can think about at Christmas. A story filled with different trials and tribulations on people. Instead, Christ came to go to the cross. That's why the gifts were brought to him as they were. Burial sense. He was born to die. He was born to die, not just for himself or not for his own failures, but instead for yours and mine. This is Christ. Or this is the Messiah. This is the Savior. Follow him, the King. And the Course says, haste, haste. Come quickly. Come quickly to bring him laud. An old-fashioned word for high honor, high regard, high praise, all glory. Come quickly, come quickly, haste, haste, bring him glory, bring him honor, bring him your worship. Praise him. Come. Don't wait as an invitation to come and worship this one who is Christ, the King, who came in this little package, a shock to his family, shock to the world, to all who would know him. But this is Christ. So the song in What Child Is This invites us then to come and to bring him the glory, the honor, the adoration that he so rightly deserves. The song starts with the question, what child is this? What Christ is this? What is he to you? Is he a name? Jesus? A story? Is it a tradition? Is he a friend? Is he my hope, my king, my savior. Come, come. The silent word is pleading. Come. He's inviting you to come as a sinner, not cleaned up, but unworthy of his arrival. To come and say, I can't believe you're here. Why would you come for me? I don't deserve you. Come and bring him. Lord, bring him honor and glory and praise. That's what Christmas is all about. It's not just about a tradition. It's not just about story that we repeat. It's not just about a manger scene that we often get wrong. It's about Christ, the King, and what we would do with him. What have you done with him? Left him in the manger? Kept him as a story? Made him a tradition? Or have you come to bring him praise? Both now and forevermore. As he so rightly deserves. That's why he came. To reconcile us and God. To make it right between us and God. The one who we have offended. Because we insist on our own way. And he created us for something greater. So Christ has come. And when we sing what child is this. We remember what Christ this is. He is Christ the King. So we ask what have we done with that king? 
Have we given our allegiance to him? Have we followed him? Have we bowed down before him? He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Is he yours? That's the calling of Christmas. Let me pray. Oh God, we have so grievously offended you. You made us, and yet we reject you. And yet, you came. You came to your own people, and not in a high fashion, not with um, blazing swords, but instead, humbly, humbly, so that we might be left in awe and wonder, not just at your coming, but what Christ had came for, for us. And not just to remain this baby, not just a story or tradition, but instead to die on our behalf, on the cross for our sins, standing before the throne so that we don't have to. Thank you for all that Christ has done. May we this Christmas remember to come and come quickly and bring you the praise you so rightly deserve. Thank you for these reminders. In Christ's name, amen.